I know you told me um, on when we exchanged voice notes on Instagram, uh, yep. but I'm gonna try to pronounce your name again. Uh, I said it at the start of the when we joined, but I don't know if you heard me, so I'm gonna go again. Uh, okay. Is it? Oh my God, I'm nervous. Joao. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, okay, okay, that's very impressive. It's not 100%, but it's 98%, which is uh, a, a massive achievement, I would say. Uh, okay, it's uh, João. João. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's incredible. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tales of a Traveler podcast. I'm your host, Ibi Omotosho. Peeps. We're a few episodes away from half a century episodes. For me personally, getting to 50 is such an incredible achievement. And I've seen the growth over time. And some of you have gone out of your way to personally private message me to let me know how the episodes keep getting better and better. And I genuinely believe that my most recent episode is usually the best episode yet. But if you disagree, that's okay. That's fine. I'd like to know what your favorite or most memorable episodes are to date and what you really like about them because that's what I want to use to create more episodes as I push for 100. But first, of course, I've got to get to 50. You guys can either hit me up on any of my social media handle. It is at T-O-A-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Or if you'd like to take it one step further, if you happen to have an Apple device, you can leave the comments as a rating and review. This is something that's going to help take Tales of a Traveler podcast to new heights so you can directly impact the success of Tales of a Traveler podcast, guys. You guys already heard me try to pronounce my guest's name um, at the start of this podcast. João is a Portuguese-born, award-winning travel photographer currently based in Beirut, Lebanon. João shares his passion for overland traveling, which started when he decided to travel from Portugal to Turkey. We joined the recording where Joao shares the benefit of traveling slowly. Why didn't you just like stay in one place for one night or when you stayed with people for one night and then continue the journey the next day so you could, could, you know, get there as quickly as you could? Or did you just feel, no, I'm just going to take my time to get there? Uh yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a very valid question. Uh, I just, I thought, okay, I have a year and... Uh, when you put it that way, you think, okay, well, uh, I mean, time becomes so relative at that point because um, if you do a nine to five, if you have any sort of routine where predictability is kind of there all the time, uh, you know, a, a week can can go by very quickly. You know, six months disappear. You know, they just vanish in front of your eyes. But what I felt was the, after one day, the very first day on the road, on my own, uh, with no agenda, no schedule, no predictability, not even the ability to understand what was going to happen in the next half an hour, what I realized was after that day, I had enough information in my head, which would be equivalent to one week, you know, uh, in a, in a routine-like existence. Um, and after a month, I felt like I was on the road for one year because I had so much information, so many things had happened. And because I was hyper alert, I was always in the moment, except when I was asleep. So you are literally speaking to the choir. Of course, I've not done what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
I can relate in some ways um, with the way that I travel or mm-hmm. one of the things that I enjoy about going to new places. Like um, I'm so used to my routine that mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. I just mm-hmm. wake up and I could almost like get to work by closing my eyes. Obviously yeah. I don't, but like mm-hmm. I get on a train, boom, boom, boom. I'm there. Like I'm not, I, I haven't even thought about it, but, when I'm in a new country where I don't understand the languages, the culture, where I am, what is going on, my brain is on full alert. Like I am, yeah. I'm even, you know, I'm going to the board, to the information center, you know, looking at what time things are, where it's going, where I need to get off, going back to double check. Okay, it's like five stops, da da da, you know, all of that. But mm-hmm. you know, when I'm doing my standard routine. I already know what it is. I don't need to think about it. Nothing yeah. new. It's very tough for something new to come into play. But when I'm out and about in that surrounding, something new will always happen. Mm. And it's always beautiful. I love it. It is, it is. But it, it can also be tiring because uh, you have it's so much information. You're using your energy all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, so you get so much information uh, and, and you start absorbing everything. Uh, that's what I struggled the most with, which was to kind of uh, unwind a little bit and uh, kind of sit back and, and digest. And I guess uh, the time I would spend with people would also help me on that, you know, because um, yeah. help me with that, which was to actually slowly digest it. I felt like answering your previous question about, you know, why wouldn't I just, you know, uh, make myself. Uh, do this journey as, as quickly as possible. But I thought I have one year. I thought, you know, th- this should be enough. But then I quickly started um, perceiving the journey as more of a kind of energy exchange uh, experience with the, the strangers that I would meet on the way. Uh, because I, the thing is, I, I didn't know any human being who was then part of this journey prior to the journey. I, I didn't know anybody. So uh, they, they, they all became characters of this narrative, you know. Um, and uh, so, so it, it was an adventure in, in its own right. Uh, and, and I just felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, it, it actually just doesn't even matter if I end up in Turkey or not. Uh, for me, the important thing is the, the time and the quality of that time that I spend uh, discovering these people, uh, helping them if possible. Um, and uh, and also that the, they wanted to help me, you know. Quite a lot of them, they they either wanted to introduce me to a local girl so I could settle for good somewhere, <laughs> or 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 um or they they just wanted me to you know uh, be a little bit more a little bit happier with my Safe, my yeah. existence. Because they met you, they know more about you. They feel they want you to be happy. Yeah, because the least you do. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I took a year off. Um, so the, the, the way I did things were, was um, I saved up around 3,000 euros, you know, two, two and a half, uh, uh, 2,500 pounds, roughly, uh, for a year. That should last me for a year. Uh, of course, that's nothing. You know, that's, that amount of money is nothing. But um, what I had planned was to do something which was also part of uh, kind of rebuilding my character, which was to yeah. finally accept help from other people, which I kind of always rejected. I, I was always 
rejecting and trying to be as independent as possible, being ashamed of asking for anything. So the plan was uh, to backpack, so carry my backpack, my tent, my sleeping bag, and just, um, you know, me in the open road, uh, and just relying on the help of strangers. Not to freeload them. I, I, I wanted to make that clear. Uh, I didn't want to freeload anybody. I just wanted to see what was out yeah. there. And if these people actually existed, because I had heard of this before, I, I heard that uh, there, there's a minority of people uh, who are not just willing to help you, they really want to be part of the whole experience. And uh, maybe they were backpackers themselves many years ago, maybe they were hitchhikers, uh, and so they want to give back, you know. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to see how that uh, energy um, would actually happen, you know. Um, so that's what I decided. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go from Lisbon to Istanbul hitchhiking. That never happened, actually. So I ended up in Morocco and Mauritania instead. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but the, the, the whole experience, the human experience of, uh, of the road, uh, that one definitely happened. And what I learned as well is that it doesn't matter if you go to an exotic place, uh, an Instagrammable uh, scenery, uh, it doesn't matter. You, you have people there. And for me, yeah. uh, and not dismissing the, the beautiful and photogenic aspect of, of, some of some of the places on the planet that we can visit, for me, the thing that makes everything uh, more beautiful is the, the energy that is exchanged between, uh, between humans. Um, and, and kind of the, the, the surprise, and at the time it was very shocking to me uh, ex to experience that, to have somebody stop in their car and say, okay, hop in. Or somebody open their, their house and saying, okay, you need a place to stay, you know, stay with us. Um, it was shocking, actually. Um, can you, while you were, you know, doing that overland, it was overland trip, while you were doing that, um, what story can you remember specifically about some of the people that you met that you feel you can hold on to for the re like you know for the rest mm -hmm. of your life, basically? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, well, I, I have many, but uh, one of the highlights is um, when I was uh, south of Spain uh, and I was going from Sevilla to Cordoba and then mm -hmm. Cordoba Granada. Uh, and I didn't even know this. I mean, I, I knew the cities existed, of course. They're very, uh, very famous cities in Spain and the region of Andalusia. And, mm -hmm. and for me, it was, it was really interesting because uh, I, I had heard of the Camino, uh, which is, you know, the, the destiny, okay. the, the desti destination. Yeah, yeah. The destination is uh, Santiago de Compostela. So a lot of, uh, there are a lot of ways, a lot of paths to get there. Uh, what I did know was that yeah. there was um, a southern path uh, which goes from Malaga or Granada towards Cordoba, and then Cordoba they uh, merge to Sevilla, and then from Sevilla you take the uh, the silver route, the Ruta del Plata. But what I did know was that uh, the path between Cordoba and Granada is filled with all these uh, Arab, old Arab castles and old uh, Arab villages. Um, and they still preserve these monuments, and they're gorgeous, gorgeous villages, and they're surrounded by these olive tree fields. 
And um, and I thought, okay, I'm having a, the time of my life. You know, it's nearly December, but the temperature is amazing. I can camp outside, you know, and people are usually very friendly. They, they would see a traveler and they think uh, that you are a pilgrim and they would just yeah. give me food, you know. But I was actually going uh, on the opposite direction towards Granada. Uh, so I was, I was not doing the Camino at all. And I remember... Um, I asked at the uh, petrol station, look, uh, where can I, from here, where can I get to Granada by walking? And he said, yeah, just go straight there. Avoid that village, uh, which is called um, Castro del Rio. Uh, don't, don't go there because that's, you know, it's a detour. Don't bother. Uh, but I just like the sound of the, like the sound of the village, and um, okay. and it looked it looked really beautiful from afar. So I just okay, I took his advice, but then I, I kind of had the detour anyway. So I, I went to Castle <laughs> yeah, and um, I met a shepherd, and then you know uh, I, I was spending some some time talking to him, and then I just decided to go into the village itself, and. And I sat down uh, at the main square, you know, but it was empty. I mean, we're talking about very small, very small village with very small population. And, um, and it, you know, the sun was setting. I thought, okay, I'm just going to finish my sandwich and then go down, uh, camp under a tree or whatever. And then there was this old man and he was walking his dog. And, uh, and then he, uh, he approached me, you know, he asked me, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just eating my sandwich. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Portugal. Okay. Um, where are you going to sleep tonight? I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to, uh, we'd find a place in the field and just, camp. no, 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 it's too cold there. <laughs> no, it's not cold. Trust me. You know, with a sleeping bag, I'll, I'll be all right. I said, no, 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 no. Come with me. So he, uh, he took me to, um, to the police station where they had a key uh, to the, the pilgrim's shelter that they have in that, in that village. Um, he gave me the key and he said, look, I'm going to take you to the shelter, which is an old building. It's, a, it's a, an entire house, basically. He said, you can stay here for as long as you want, you know, wash your clothes, replenish, rest as much as you can. And I was like, are you sure? Because I can stay in my tent. No, 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 no. And then he went to his home and he got a whole bag. His wife actually got a whole bag of sandwiches, uh, you know, juice, yogurts, fruits. Um, so he gave that to me. Uh, and I said, look, if you want to leave tomorrow, I can ride, I can give you a ride to, um, to the, the next village if you want. I said, but why are you doing all of this? He's like, no, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So he, you know, so he just left me there in, the, in that house, you know, with a key. Um, and so I had a house just for myself. So I rested loads. I washed my clothes and had food and, and slept. And the next morning he picked me up and, um, and he drove me to a, to a coffee shop and he said, let's have breakfast first. And I, I, I kind of felt that he wanted to tell me something, you know? Um, and so he, you know, but he was very quiet at the same time. So he uh, was just having, um, bread with, uh, olive oil, because that, that's a, an olive oil production region. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so basically they don't put butter. They don't bother with butter. They, they put no, olive, no, it's oil just olive oil everywhere. You just dip the bread in olive oil. That's exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so... Which Some salt you, to it as well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, 
And the, the, the fascinating thing was uh, then he, you know, he paused a little bit and he said, look, um, why, he, he said it like this. He said, look, when I see a backpacker, my heart sinks, you know, uh, I, I'm immediately wondering who is this person? Why is this person alone? Why is this person far away from home? What's going on through their mind? And, yeah. and so he was, he was asking me like, why are you here? Why are you doing this to yourself? Like, well, you know, I, I want to travel. Yeah, but, um, but, but your family, does your family know you're okay? And at the time, I was not in good terms with my family. So I was not talking to them that much. And so he kind of touched that nerve there. And he said, look, you need to tell your parents what's going on. You need to tell them that you're okay. Um, I was like, okay, okay. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll give him a call. And I did, actually. Um, and then he told me the story of his daughter. Uh, so it turns out, uh, one day, just out of the blue, she turned to him and, and his family. She said, look, I'm going to Poland to, to backpack uh, for a month alone. And they were in absolute shock. You know? so, uh, so basically, she disappeared. Uh, and she was okay. She, she backpacked for a month. But I cannot even imagine the, the complete despair of that man. First of all, not even knowing what Poland was. You know, he had to actually go on the map and, and check it out <laughs> and, and see what is this Poland business. Um, and, uh, and the other thing was, um, you know, it was the first time his, his daughter was, his baby daughter was, was away from home and, and she, she didn't, you know, she, she hadn't experienced that before and she was going to go alone. So I think he got so traumatized with that experience that every time that he, he wasn't going to let another hurt his baby or child. Yeah, I <laughs> exactly. I think, I think what, what he felt like was, okay, uh, I want to help this backpacker as much as I hope somebody helped my daughter uh, in, yeah. uh, along her path, you know? And, and then so we, we had a... Um, we had a finished breakfast and then he took me to the next village and then he stopped and he said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm going to take you to another village uh, because oh, wow. I, I don't, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, so he just, he was not letting go basically. <laughs> and He um, was going to drive you to Turkey if that was Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If he could. And then uh, we said goodbye and then he said, look, I know you're not going to take this because uh, you're stubborn and you want to walk and you want to hitchhike, but just in case you need, uh, here's some money. He gave me 10 euros and he said, look, I'm not rich, but I care about you and, and I, I want you to be okay. So he gave me money and I, I refused and he said no. And you, the way he said no, it means you really can't refuse. Basically. Yeah. You, can't, you can't reject. So that was it. It was the last time I saw him, you know. Um, Antonio, it's his name, uh, from Castro del Rio. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode with Joao. I'll leave a link to his website and Instagram in the description section of this episode. He's got some worldly photos from his travel experiences across the world. Um, and I know you guys are absolutely going to love them. Um, so please, please, please check them out. Also, don't forget to share your favorite or most memorable Tales of a Traveler moments to date with me on any of my social media handles or in form of a ratings or review if you happen to have an Apple device. Um, yeah, until next time, 
Peace.